everybody, Mike Dempsey here for Underdog Fantasy, who are handing out $1 million in giveaways on Super Bowl Sunday. All you need is a verified Underdog account to be eligible. So sign up for Underdog Fantasy and see if you win this Sunday. Underdog Fantasy, don't forget to use promo code 1010XL. Put some respect on my name. First and foremost, my numbers are better than 15, 16 or so guys that are Currently in the hall. Here's the handoff. Taylor looking for some cutback. He finds room. Look at Fred go. He's across the 30. Look at him run. Fred's going. He's at the 50. The 40. Y'all, they y'all, y'all finish or y'all done? 20, 10, 5, touchdown. 80 yards. Fred Taylor. I'm talking modern day guys at my position. When my name come up, respect. I plan with my name. I ain't gonna go right on it. And he's the handoff to Fred looking for the cutback. He's got room on the little 10. Fred's in there. He's at the 20. Fred's on the run to the 25 to the 30. He's going 40. Fred 50. Fred 50. 40, Fred 30, Fred 25, 20. Y'all saying my name, put some respect on it. You look at the guys that are in the Hall of Fame from a defensive standpoint. Ray Lewis, Derrick Brooks. Look at all these other guys they're trying to put in the Hall of Fame. Gerard on the get. Here's Taylor. Put some respect on Busting hey. through. Fred Taylor making the cut. Taylor is gone. Touchdown, Jacksonville. These are the same dudes that I murk every Sunday. When my name come up, respect it. I plan with my name. Then I ain't gonna right on it. But he knows he doesn't have a big play team in Jacksonville does. Draw play. Taylor skips two tackles. Right and here we go. Yeah. Bye-bye. Brock Marion chasing. Brock Marion still chasing. Gets help from Smith. Touchdown. No flags. A 90-yard run. Y'all, y'all, y'all finished or y'all done? 1010XL 92.5 FM presents Jaguars Today with your hosts, Mike Dempsey, Tony Smith, and Dylan Denmark. All right, good morning, everybody. Welcome in. Happy Thursday of Super Bowl week, Super Bowl 58, coming up in just a few days. We'll find out tonight, unlike past years when we had to wait until the Saturday before the Super Bowl to see what the new Hall of Fame class will look like, and hopefully the second Jaguar ever uh, will get named and that will be Fred Taylor Tony I I don't know what the buzz is like and the feeling I don't see any too many um, you know predictions you know people like to write those stories here's the five who I think will get in here's the ones who I'd vote for and I don't see too many people expecting Fred Taylor to break through but I'm gonna hold out hope keep my fingers crossed with the only being the only running back on the ballot it's not like look I get it Antonio Gates Julius Peppers look like they're shoe-ins but there's not a a bunch of uh, others that absolutely have to take precedence over Fred Taylor. Like, I saw one uh, prediction that has Jari Evans, the former Saints guard. He's a very good player, right? I'm sure he made a bunch of Pro Bowls. Uh, Do I think Jari Evans deserves the Hall of Fame more than Fred Taylor? No. Am I biased? Absolutely. But, you know, I I think it, it shouldn't be shocking if Fred makes it in. I don't expect it because of the path Tony Baselli had to follow to make it to the finalist right. list multiple times to get in. This is Fred's first time being a finalist. But hopefully, at the very least, this has him on the radar. He's been steadily moving in this direction. Once you're in as a finalist, likelihood is you're going to get back in as a finalist multiple times until you get in. And I do think Fred will get in in the next several years. I just hope it's tonight. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, Jari Evans, by the way, six-time Pro Bowler, four-team All-Pro, did get a Super Bowl ring, 
and was a member of the Hall of Fame All-Decade team of the 2010s. I'm not saying, again, right. he's, he's a really good player. Like, it's hard to keep track of the guards and, you know, what exactly is going to be a Hall of Fame resume, but typically for a guard, that's a Hall of Fame resume, right? Uh, basically, a half decade of being a first-team All-Pro uh, generally is going to get you into the Hall of Fame at some point. We'll see if that's this year for Evans. I'm with you, Fred Taylor, and that's why we're asking what we're asking today. That's the question of the day. You know, your argument. Right, The three-bullet-point argument that you would make for Fred Taylor to be in the Hall of Fame. I just gave you the one for Jari Evans. Right? Like, right. Like, that's the bullet-point argument for Evans. This is why he deserves to be in the Hall Bowls, of Fame. How many Pro Bowls, right? A member of the all-decade team won a Super Bowl. Yeah. You know, that's pretty good. Now, you could break it down further, how the Saints did, you know, in pass protection sure. and rushing and all that stuff. But we're not here to make the case for Jari Evans today. We're here to make the case for Fred Taylor uh, today, in part, among other things, so if you want to be a part of that aspect of it, you can hit us up on social media and do it that way, or you can call the program at 641-1010 on the All-Pro Roofing phone lines or do it on the text line designed by Lifetime Enclosures. Give us your best three bullet point arguments for making the case for Fred Taylor to be inducted in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. In other words, if you say, like, X amount of rushing yards, over 11,000 rushing yards, boom, that's a bullet point, right? That's it, right? There are always, you know, for me... Most rushing yards of anyone who's eligible for the Hall of Fame but has not yet been inducted yes. into the Hall of Fame, right? So he's currently 17th on the all-time list. I've uh, got some other ones, but you share yours with us today. Or if you just want to share fra- favorite Fred Taylor memories, uh, you're welcome to do that as well on the program or really anything Jacksonville Jaguar related. Uh, good morning, Coach Pockets. How are we? Good morning. We're good. Over tell, here. tell me about Dylan's pop-up store, please. So we uh, we got a fundraiser. It's a, it's a double good fundraiser. Double Good Popcorn Fundraiser, so all the money that's raised for each person, we keep half the profit, and so you basically, I think the you get one box, it's like $12, and then it's like one one box of popcorn, 24s for two boxes, and uh, we're just trying to raise money for track meet entries, because we're trying to go to UF for a track meet, the Bob Hayes, and uh, any equipment that we get uh, will be raised through this fundraiser. All right. Um, when he said it was a double good fundraiser, I just thought he was excited about it. You know, like this <laughs> it's good. fundraiser it's is it good? good? No, it's double good. Yeah. This this fundraiser that seems like a pretty good scam for the popcorn company, right? <laughs> a- am I wrong about this? Like, like pockets. I'd be happy to donate, and I will donate to you. I appreciate it. Right? Like, I don't need. The popcorn. I don't need half the money going to the popcorn company. Quite yeah, no. frankly, you right? Can send me, you can write me a check. Well, can or I can, can I give you straight cash, homie? You could. If I give you straight cash, homie, I can trust Coach Pockets will not <laughs> slide not it into his it. pocket. Yeah, I won't put right? it in my back pocket. No, 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 no. I won't do that. Okay, excellent. All right, I'll make you a donation, brother. But I if if that. anybody wants some of that double good popcorn, go get you some. Mm-hmm. Uh, go check out at ten ten XL Denmark on Twitter for uh, his. Tweet, it's one of the top ones in his feed. And, uh, it's he's also on Facebook there. for my boomers, too, if you need it. Oh, okay. Yeah, you know, I did that the other day. I told you. I think I mentioned that to you. I saw it pop up sitting on my uh, computer at home, sitting at my computer at home, and in the bottom corner, someone has sent you a Facebook request. I don't have Facebook open. I guess I'm logged in on the mm-hmm. computer, right? So it pops up the notification. So I just click on it, see who this person is, and I'm like, oh, man, I got a lot of Facebook friend requests in here. People think I'm really rude. I just don't go on Facebook. And a lot of them told me for like a year and a half ago, I guess they don't expire. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and I'm just like, I went through and gave some random people like, yeah, sure, I'll be your friend. I don't care. I'm never here anyway. <laughs> so mm-hmm. what difference does it make to me? <laughs> so uh, I am that that boomer guy, I guess, because I still have Facebook, but I, I never 
ever go on Facebook. I love my boomers. Um, don't get it confused. Yeah, I don't even think I'm a, a boomer, though. I'm I'm Gen X, I think. I believe you I are. Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure I'm Gen X. I'm not a boomer. So, anyway. Yeah. Didn't come out of that World War II baby boom. No. Also got some big news coming up. We oh. got Chad Ryder at 1040. Oh, we do have Chad yes. Ryder coming up today. All right, from NFL.com, we'll talk draft. Chad is the master of the seven-round mock. Mm-hmm. My man likes to go deep, which means he knows a lot about a lot of prospects. And we'll talk to him about uh, some of the areas of concern. Like, hey, if the Jags want to go with a corner, with interior offensive line, with wide receiver in this draft, what's the best way to do it where you're going to get impact players at every position based on what's available out there? So that's good. Oh, we like Chad Ryder. He'll join us uh, coming up here in less than 30 minutes. So go check out Dylan's pop-up store. Uh, again, you can find the link at 1010XL Denmark. Uh, you know, give us your response. It's not a vote per se, but give us your response to the question of the day today. Maybe we'll come back and give you our bullet point arguments for Freddie T on the other side here. Uh, we've certainly, there are plenty of them, but you got to narrow it down to three if you can. Because as you said, Tony, you uh, I heard you talking to the guys on the drill on the mm-hmm. crossover this morning that you went back and you watched a lot of these pitch sessions like inside the room yep where like Sam Kavaris has been doing this for whomever gets this far for Jacksonville and usually it's only been Tony Pacelli you know but for years Sam's been the guy he's the guy who's also presenting for Fred Taylor yeah you don't get a whole lot of time to make your yeah, case you're not making a stump speech you're presenting a series of facts or pieces of information about the player and then you get about a minute okay you know what if you want to call in today and make a stump speech yeah. uh, go beyond we'll, we'll give you 30 seconds to do it. I bet we can do our own in 30 seconds as well. I got my bullet points. I'm ready to go. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's hype up Freddie T a little bit today. Send him some positive vibes. Whether he gets in or not, uh, he's certainly Hall of Fame worthy, and I don't doubt that Fred Taylor is a future Hall of Famer. How soon that will come, time will tell on that front. 641-1010 on the All-Pro Roofing phone lines. Same number for the text line designed by Lifetime Enclosures. Uh, if you want to hit us up on social media, at MD underscore 1010XL, at 1010XL Fat Tony, and at 1010XL Denmark. Hold my pocket. There we go. Good to hold my pockets. They're going to hold a nice donation in your pocket here coming up pockets uh, for the uh, track team. What What is the goal, by the way? Is there a set goal that you're trying to raise? No. Uh, I mean, each track meet we go to that we don't host is like $200 for the team. So we're trying to go to like seven or eight track meets. So if you add that up, it's like $1,400, $1,500, $1,600. So two grand would cover your travel yes, expenses yes, this year. Yes. I'm, I'm not I'm not throwing two grand in your pocket. I'll, I'll roll like that. Um, but uh, hopefully we can help you raise some money for the Baldwin track and field team. Good cause. Keep those kids out of the streets, Tony. Keep mm-hmm. them on the track. And keep them on the straight and narrow. All right. <laughs> uh, we are rolling today. Sending good vibes to Freddie T. We'll talk draft with Chad Ryder from NFL.com a little bit later on in the hour and take your calls and comments and conversation right here on Jaguars Today on 1010XL and 92.5 FM. Now more Jaguars Today on 1010XL. Takes the snap, toss sweep left. There goes Fred Taylor. He's across the 50, coming back, breaking tackles, 45. There goes Taylor, 40. He's free at the 30. He's at the 20. Fred Taylor, 10, 5. Touchdown, Jacksonville. 52 yards, and Fred Taylor makes a statement. Ah, Freddie made a lot of statements. That was an early statement in his career, Tony. Uh, We've heard his former teammates talk about that moment like, yeah, we'd seen it. We'd seen it in practice. Mm-hmm. We'd seen it a little bit. Uh, Fred Taylor was, you know, very not quite 
uh, as bad for Bijan Robinson, but like you know, Bijan went in the top ten this year, and you expected oh they're going to start force feeding him twenty carries right from the jump, and they never really did, right? They kind of split the work with Tyler Algier. Well, Fred in his very first game in '98 had one carry for like two yards. He had six, mm-hmm. average over seven yards a carry. Uh, in his second game, and then James Stewart goes down with what would turn out to be a torn ACL, and they pop Fred in there, and uh, pop was the right word as he goes for 52 yards, one of his many long touchdown runs in that game. Jags would go on that day to win over Baltimore 24-10. to uh, Fell behind after opening it up 7 to nothing. fell behind 10-7. Uh, Late in the second, Jermaine Lewis had a 56-yard touchdown from Eric Zier, and then Matt, or, excuse me, Mike Hollis uh, tied it up at 10. Third quarter, Jimmy Smith, 72 yards from Brunel, and the sofa caught a one-yarder right there. And that that's the story of Fred's career right there. 52-yard touchdown and somebody else getting the goal line opportunity. That's <laughs> <laughs> Fred Taylor's career bookended in one game right there. Mm-hmm. And... I get the aggravation of going to his pro football reference page again today, and it doesn't matter how many times I've encouraged people to write about it. I've written about it. Get that horrid nickname off the page. Oh, the Fragile Fred thing. It's so stupid. It's such a disservice to a player that is a Hall of Fame-worthy player, and you all have that stupidity on his page. Right, like like he's a schmuck or somebody. Like, there are guys out there who, look, everyone, it bears repeating, right, just in case you think I don't understand my place in the pecking order, they're all much greater than me, okay? But on a relative scale, they're NFL schmucks, right? (laughs) They're NFL bums and bozos, and not this guy, man. Not this guy. Um, Freddie T, just uh, amazing, amazing story. Uh, This uh, amazing guy. He's fantastic. And, again, I I don't know. I don't don't have that gut feeling he's getting in tonight. I hope I'm wrong. I don't know. I hope so. You know, there's just been no – kind of buzz there I think the buzz had been strong for Baselli. in fact I think we were surprised even the year before Tony got in that he didn't get in that year because yeah. the buzz was so strong amongst the people we were talking to and you always wonder about that too if you're a Hall of Fame voter and you're going on in the market where they've got a guy up there how yeah oh yeah I support so-and-so for the whole thing you know because mm-hmm. you don't know how they're voting on all these players I, I don't know I I'm just gonna presume that people tend to tell you the truth on that. And you can tell sometimes people are like, yeah, you know, I don't know. I, I think he's Hall of Fame worthy, but there's a big log jam. Well, that person's probably not getting their vote that year, and that's fine. You know, um, you, you can only vote for five of the finalists. I understand that. Yeah. And um, we just um, – and, and there's plenty of room for Freddie T on this particular ballot, in my opinion. I do like the fact that it's not split up with other running backs. Yeah. So he's got one more year of that to his advantage at least before – uh, Frank Gore comes into it. And right. Adrian Peterson the year after that. Like it's- right. P- AP will be a first ballot guy, I yeah. believe, um, because of, you know, the explosiveness, the 2,000-yard rushing season. I get it. Frank Gore had 16,000 yards. It's yeah. a ton. But he played until he was 38, and that's a credit to him for doing it. Again, I just don't think of Frank Gore as a better player. At, at the peak, peak Frank Gore was good. I think peak Fred Taylor was better. That's how I feel, Yeah, you know? Uh, all right, so uh, Pockets, if you could, won't we fire up today's 10-10 take and we'll get to our bullet point arguments for Freddie T. 10-10. 10-10 take. Now, Mike Dempsey's 10-10 take, brought to you by Leonard Truck Accessories. All right, let me uh, open up my email, Tony, because I, I 
put these in here mm-hmm. uh, to make sure I put them exactly the way I felt. But mm-hmm. uh, three bullet points for Fred to get in. It's not a tough argument uh, to me, but this is what I would go with if I were going with it. Pockets, do we want to put me on the clock here? Thirty. I don't. I won't need oh, thirty yeah, I seconds. Gotcha. I guarantee I won't need thirty seconds. What, what does this countdown sound like? Go ahead and start it. I'll jump in at any. Oh, so it's ticking away. My mm-hmm. my thirty seconds are ticking away right I, now. I'll restart it. Fred, no, no, you're all, all right, right. Here we go. Three, I'm ready. Two, one. Here we go. Fred Taylor has more rushing yards than any Hall of Fame eligible player that is not already in the hall. You know he's going in. He's deserving of going in. Why not now? Because that won't always be the case. There will be a Frank Gore on the ballot eventually. 4.6 yards per carry. Only a handful of rushers with over 10,000 yards have a higher average yards per carry than Fred Taylor has in his career. Guys like Jim Brown and Barry Sanders. And speaking of Jim Brown, he often called Fred Taylor the best running back in football during Fred's playing days. And if that endorsement isn't enough, I don't know what is. You know, I didn't need the little extra half of the sentence. I was stretching it out to try Mm -hmm. to get to 30. Right there. So, more rushing yards than any Hall of Fame eligible player. 4.6 yards a pop. And Jim Brown often called him the best running back in football. That's my first three bullet points. But that's what I'm going to limit myself to. Mm-hmm. Tony may repeat me. I don't know. Let's put Tony on the clock. Are you ready to roll? Yeah. All right, hit it. Fred Taylor's 11,695 yards, ranked 17th on the all-time rushing list and is the most yards rushing by a player that is currently eligible to be voted into the Hall of Fame. Among players with at least 2,500 rushing attempts, Fred Taylor's 4.6 yards per carry ranks fourth all-time in that category, trailing only Jim Brown, Barry Sanders, and Adrian Peterson. Speaking of Jim Brown, he called him one of the greatest running backs that he has ever seen. <laughs> Are you and I sharing the yeah. brain cell today? I mean, yeah. You, you probably presented it better. I think we had the same three bullet points, basically, mm-hmm. though, right? Uh, the yardage, the yards per carry, and really, as somebody said uh, when we asked today, the question today, send us your three bullet points. Number one was watch. Number two was the. Yeah. And number three was games. Yeah. Watch the games, right? I found some other like quotes from players. Mm-hmm. That I thought, like, Troy Polamalu said, Fred Taylor is probably the best back I've seen in the NFL. Ray Lewis said, Fred is one of the best I've ever seen in my life. And to stress where he stood against maybe the guys that he was playing with, like other running backs at the time, Lofa Tatupu, the linebacker, said, I've played against Tomlinson, I've played against Gore, I've played against Steven Jackson, and I'm telling you, Fred Taylor is the best running back in the league. There you go. It's the combination of size and speed. That was rare, right? Mm-hmm. There are plenty of guys as fast as Fred. There are plenty of guys as powerful as Fred. There were very few guys that were both. Yeah. You know, that could match him in those categories. And it's like just a dart kind of thing I would throw for Fred. Fred's 90-yard touchdown run against the Miami Dolphins is still the longest touchdown run in NFL postseason history. Oh, I think we might hear. Will we hear that highlight again today at some point, Pockets? That's a possibility. I have a feeling. What's that? Uh, the 90-yarder. The 90. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. That's always in the uh, pockets is in there <laughs> dreaming of uh, double good popcorn at the moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, sorry to interrupt you, sir. Uh, <laughs> let's get Travis. Travis is in Palm Beach. I think he wants to be put on the clock this morning. Good morning, Travis. What's going on, fellas? Love the show. Thank you, buddy. I only uh, need 30 seconds. You all right? You want we'll, got- we'll, we'll give you the TikTok anyway just to make it official, but all right. you just want to make your case for Freddie T for the Hall of Fame, right? That's it. And you right. guys just set me up. Hey, All right. Hold on. Marion. Let's count you in. If you're ready, are you ready to go, or did you want to make another comment about something? I'm ready. All right. Let's go in three, two, one. Brock Marion still chasing. 
Thanks, fellas. There you go. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. I knew we'd hear that highlight again. <laughs> he is still chasing him. Excellent job, Travis. And yeah. that, that's one of the great uh, highlight calls of all yeah. time. That was my license plate when we had the competition for come up with a license plate was still chasing. That's right. It was so good, yeah. right? That really was good. Still chasing uh, in terms of what was that for Jaguar vanity plate, yeah. right? What, what would you So you be get your... the six or seven letters you can use. Yes. And I did the STLCSG. Yeah, yeah, still chasing. Yeah, yeah. still chasing. Uh, for us, we've heard that highlight so many times. Brock Berrien chasing. Brock Berrien still chasing. <laughs> yeah, it's just one of the iconic calls uh, associated with Jaguar football of all time. I mean, Freddie was, uh, I would say he's completely unique, but he was in a, a small class yeah. of guys that could do what he was capable of doing. I'm not saying he's the greatest running back of all time. He's not. I am saying he's the greatest in franchise history. Easily. With no yeah. apologies to yeah. Mojo. Yeah. I mean, Mojo, Mojo would tell you that, that that's the case. Yeah, Mojo but... was a great player. Freddie T was the best uh, that this franchise has seen to this point And they point may time. never have another running back as good as Fred Taylor. How many guys? Oh, look, 17 guys right. in the history of the league, including Fred, have as many right. rushing yards as like he's it's, had. It's, so it's hard they to imagine they'll have a running back as good as Fred, a left tackle as good as Tony, or a wide receiver as good as Jimmy. Like, maybe ever again in franchise history. Those guys are all Hall of Fame players. Truly Hall of Fame caliber players. Like, Tony, I think if he has a moderately healthy career, you know, plays another seven seasons, something like that, right? I mean, which offensive tackles often did. Tony would have been a first ballot Hall of Fame. Oh, yeah. I I mean, a no-doubter. Like, it would have been more frequently talked about, I think, as a candidate for the best tackle in football history, truly. Mm-hmm. And we have highlighted that. And I know you brought this up with Dan and Jeff again this morning, Tone, uh, when we talked to John Hanna. It's the only time we ever interviewed John Hanna. Yeah. Right? John Hanna played in the 80s for the Patriots, renowned by many as one of the best guards, if not the best guard that ever played football. And he said Tony was the best left tackle that he had ever seen. Mm-hmm. Uh, Munoz always said the same thing. Yep. You know, and now and we, with Munoz, we took it with a grain of salt because they were both Southern Cal guys, and Munoz sure. wasn't yeah. going to hype himself up in that category because most people tell you Anthony Munoz was the best at the position. But Tony might have gotten legitimately in that conversation had his career played out. But, hey, you know what? He ended up where he belongs in Canton, Ohio. Hopefully, Freddie T will join him shortly. Joining us shortly, Chad Ryder from NFL.com. In fact, uh, shortly, meaning right after the break, we'll talk draft particularly with the Jags. How deep is this uh, year's draft for particular needs for Jacksonville? And who are some of the names we should have our eye on, at least in the first round at pick 17? And uh, maybe there's a guy or two that Chad likes a little bit more than some others out there that we haven't been discussing that uh, we should have under consideration, whether that's in the first round or later in the draft. We'll talk NFL draft Jaguar style. Coming up next, this is Jaguars Today. Mike Dempsey, Tony Smith, and Dylan Denmark on 1010XL and 92.5 FM. Let's ring up another guest on the All-Pro Roofing phone line. Draw play. Taylor skips two tackles. Here we go. Bye-bye. Brock Marion chasing. Brock Marion still chasing. Gets help from Smith. Touchdown. No flags. A 90-yard run. Told you we might hear that at some point <laughs> coming up. Uh, there you go. Uh, Freddie T sending good vibes your way tonight. We'll find out if he makes the Pro Football Hall of Fame as the second Jaguar ever to be slated for induction. That, of course, from the Jags 62-7 to beatdown 
of the Miami Dolphins in the 99 playoffs, which sent Dan Marino and Jimmy Johnson packing from the National Football League. Mm-hmm. Never to return to a sideline again. Yep. All right. Uh, Mike Dempsey, Tony Smith here with you. And despite the fact that we miscommunicated on Central versus Eastern time, <laughs> Chad Ryder of NFL.com joining us here on Jaguars today, this morning on 1010XL, because he's a good man like that. Chad, good morning. How are you, bud? Yeah, I'm doing well. You know, uh, time is relative, as Einstein said, so whatever. I'm here. Uh, let's talk draft. You're here. Your knowledge is intact. It is time to talk a little bit of draft. Uh, let's just jump in on a few different positions here, because we've been hearing that you know, uh, your cohort, Daniel Jeremiah, says this. Many others have that if you need offensive line help, we particularly need it on the interior. Might need a couple of guards and a center, uh, not all through the draft. But how good of a draft is this for offensive line in general, but particularly for that interior three? Yeah, it is good. Uh, Jaguars will be able to pick somebody up. They don't even need to use like a first or you know second round pick on the interior. Uh, they can wait a little bit, try to pick up value at other positions, and still get a starter kind of in the middle of the draft. So it's a bonus for them. But to be honest with you, um, in my three-round mock draft that's coming up after the Super Bowl, uh, I have the Jaguars taking tackle Javon Foster in the second round. And I think the, the reason why I'm doing that is because I can't imagine this team sticking with Cam Robinson another year. I mean, maybe they'll figure it out. Maybe they'll redo his contract. But I would I would pay attention to that and then watch that situation closely and see if they decide to build, you know, get get to the outside first and then get a couple of interior guys a little bit later in the draft. Definitely a scenario that we've kicked around here, what you're talking about here, because they can save $16 million against the cap if they go that route and maybe apply some of that to try to re-sign, say, Ezra Cleveland at left guard. That would – fix yeah. one of those spots, right? And then you draft. Are you presuming that uh, you're drafting a right tackle and moving Anton Harrison to the left side? Or are you looking at the Jags maybe leaving Anton Harrison where he uh, played as a rookie and then trying to install a rookie left tackle? Well, a guy like Javon Foster can play either side. So I think you can, if you can find a guy like that that's got that versatility, then you can work it out during training camp where the guy's best position would be. But I think I might leave Harrison on the right side um, and 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 see what you can find in the left. It's, you don't know what the puzzle looks like until you get all the pieces in place. So so you, you find the best player you can and then make it work from there. How big do you think the gap will be between a corner the Jags could get at 17 in this draft and a corner they could get in the middle of the second round? Uh, I think it would be, to be honest with you, I'm not sure there's going to be a corner available by the time they pick that's of value at either of those spots um i think that's why you might see them go more receiver and offensive line maybe tackle early in the draft and they might have to wait a little bit but um you know just depending on look there's going to be trades for some of these corners too teams are going to try to move up if they let's just say they like a nate wiggins from clemson mm-hmm. or uh, uh Quinian Mitchell from from Toledo maybe in the first round. That's who I guess they would be looking at if they were to take a corner um, in the first. So and then in the second round again, I there might be value other value at other positions. The guy that people aren't necessarily talking about right now is Cam Hart from Notre Dame as a potential pick in the in the second round. 
Um, he's got the length and the speed and all that stuff that, that teams are looking for. He, he's going to be a surprise guy that's going to end up in that middle of the second round. So that's, that's a name to watch for, maybe, for them in the second. What, what about the Alabama teammates, uh, Terry and Arnold, Kool-Aid McKinstry? Uh, I think Kool-Aid, because of the name, had a little bit higher profile among the, the casual fan, but it seems like Terry and Arnold's the preferred NFL prospect by many, but both of them are seen yeah. as first-round picks. Are they middle-of-the-first-round values if either one was there? Well, I think Arnold is definitely middle-of-the-first-round value. He's probably going to be gone by the time the Jaguars pick, and uh, McKinstry is probably a mid-to-late second-round pick, is my guess. Mid-to-late second. Um, yeah, unless he blows up at the combine and, and all that stuff, because he has to allow for that, but um, my guess is that uh, he's a good player, and and some of these guys, like Trevon Diggs, for example, out of Alabama, was a was a late second round pick, uh, even though he was a good player in college, and he's turned out to be pretty good in the pros. Yeah, consistent, but be pretty good. So that's kind of where I'm seeing him right now. But again, McKinstry goes out there, runs a four three, and and teams like him a little bit. Maybe he does get pushed up into that first round conversation. You see different players as the top corner, depending on what list you're looking at. I've seen Arnold there. I've seen Mitchell there. I've seen DeGene there. I've seen Wiggins there at times. Who, in your mind, is the top corner in this class? Well, I think it's Arnold. Uh, he, it's funny because he, unlike McKinstry, he, wasn't, he was often lined up in the slot, Arnold was, and he wasn't always out against the top receiver for the other team. And I think once teams kind of project him into that role, they'll, they'll see that he's probably the top guy. Wiggins is a fantastic corner. I think he's just in that that next tier, as is Mitchell. Um, and I think Mitchell is definitely getting a positive boost from the senior bowl. But you don't want to overthink that, those, you know, those kind of performances because you have to still look at the whole body of work. And he's a very good player at Toledo, you know, don't get me wrong. But I, I'm hesitant to push a guy if the number one corner because of what happens at Mobile. I want to see him in person moving, uh, you know, on the field at, at the combine or and see what his overall uh, movement skill that can be before I would you know make that kind of jump up. Talking here with Chad Ryder from NFL.com on the NFL Draft. Chad, I know we started with O-line. We, we moved the corner, but I want to go back to one guy specifically, the center, Jackson Powers Johnson out mm -hmm, of Oregon. Mm -hmm. Okay. When I first – like we try – you know, in years past, you know because you've come on with us over the years – there have been years when we start calling you in October, right? <laughs> it's not yeah, going well, yeah. right? And, you know, recently, Tony and I have been trying to avoid any draft talk until the Jags are eliminated and they've been more competitive. So it's taken us longer to kind of get into some of the rankings. And the first time I looked at a ranking this offseason, it had Jackson Powers Johnson ranked something like 48th overall, okay? Uh -huh. I see him now in the – last third of the first round in a lot of mock projections. Is he a reach if you were to take him in the middle of the first round? Like, what, what is the range that you think it's reasonable to consider taking the first center off the board this year? Well, again, a little preview of my upcoming mock draft for you like guys. It, like um, it. I, uh, I actually have a team, I don't want to spoil it, but a team moving ahead of Jacksonville to the 16th spot oh. to, get, to get Jackson Powers Johnson in the middle of the first round. All um, right. I, I would be very interested to see how he performs athletically, uh, again, at the combine. But you watch his film, and he's not like a slim dude at 320 pounds. Right. But he's blocking he's blocking 20 yards downfield. And you don't see that a lot of guys from that side. So as of now, I project him being the top center and a team moving ahead of the Jaguars. 
Um, and then, uh, and then the other guy to consider is Graham Barton from Duke because he will probably kick back inside the center where he started his career at Duke. And he's might be in that conversation, but he's coming off an injury. He might end up being a second round guy. So if they're maybe thinking second round, um, so that's kind of risky, but I think Jackson Paris Johnson's legit as a mid first round pick. Okay, so how many plug and play centers? Like, if you if the Jags were to draft the center with an eye of him coming in to compete right away for that starting spot, are, are is that the list, or are there others that might rise to that level? You know, it's funny. Like, is the team ready to just give up on Lou Fortner? Are they I don't know if they are, but the fan base is. <laughs> I, I understand that. But, you know, just consider that guys take time, you know, in the league to, to live. So I, I'm not sure that they'll go that early. Maybe they will. But just, you know, might want to rethink that a little bit and think about what that guy could be in the next year or two. But, however, um, I would say that they could find, like, again, Graham Barton in the second round if right. they want to look for him. Um, uh, in the third, there's some potential with Cedric Van Fran stepping in and becoming that guy uh, as a third-round pick. But again, Fortner, I thought, would be a, a, you know, a good NFL center in the third round. So once you even talk about third-round guys, there's some question there. And um, there's, there's no guarantee. So I don't know that there's a lot of plug-and-play guys other than Forrest Johnson and then maybe Graham Barton if he's healthy. Gotcha. A lot of fans here in the area have had a chance to watch Keon Coleman up close here for the last couple of years there with Florida State. What would be the arguments for and against Coleman at 17 to the Jags? Well, I think uh, let's just, you know, not spoilers, but let's just say I think Brian Thomas is available at 17 for the Jags. I think he would be a really good fit for them. They're, they really need, and Cam Coleman's fine if they if they like him too. He's an explosive guy, and I think they really need that. You know, Ridley doesn't return, and uh, so I think those would be the two guys they'd be looking at at seventeen. And uh, I think, I think a guy like Thomas uh, presents a little more, you know, power uh, downfield, strength downfield as a as a receiver, and I think he would be the kind of guy that they could use to really challenge, really get Lawrence to be able to stretch the field a little bit. And then if Kirk comes back healthy, you can work with Tommy. You'll probably pick up somebody else to kind of work on their knees as well. So I think I think I like Thomas. I think Coleman would be fine. I think he's not quite as consistent um, as Thomas. And uh, and I, but I think I think Thomas would be the really the, the really good find there in the middle of, of the first round. We're talking here with Chad Ryder of NFL.com, one of our uh, key draft analysts that we like to invite on the program at this time of year. Uh, Chad, how good is the overall depth at the position? You know, we can only address one or two things early, right? You're going to have to try to, to yeah. spend some picks on these other spots a little bit later. So is there decent depth at wide receiver? Uh, yeah, it, it's it's uh, fair to middling, as, as uh, <laughs> people in the Midwest like to say. No, there, there's plenty of guys, uh, third-round guys that they could get. Um, a guy like, well, a lot of people are talking about a guy like uh, North Carolina's Devontae Walker as, as a first round. I'm not sure that that's true. He's probably second or third round kind of guy. But at that point in the draft, you know, he'd be a good value. Uh, Roman Wilson from, from Michigan is a very good third round guy as well. There's plenty of opportunity for them to pick up a guy in the third or fourth round if they decide to, to go at, at other positions. It's going to be interesting, too. Jacksonville's in a, in a decent spot for trading down in the first round this year. There'll certainly be conversations about that. And I think if they get those kind of phone calls, um, they certainly you know pay attention to it. 
what would teams be looking to trade up to Jacksonville's spot to be interested in? Well, uh, Powers Jensen, for example, if, if they really need that, that center in, in this draft, um, you've got a bunch of, like, honestly, J.C. Latham, the offensive tackle from Alabama, yeah. if teams are interested in him. Uh, you know, Wiggins could be, like, a, a one of those corners that teams are interested for. Um, Johnny Newton from Illinois, the defensive tackle, is an interesting case because a lot of people are sort of down on him for whatever reason right now, but probably because he didn't go to the senior bowl and then put up the performance that people would be talking about. But he's a guy that I think could go a little higher than people think, because he's really a fantastic guy. His get off is amazing. He's a hustling guy. Like he went out versus Wisconsin, the Illinois defense crumbled and the Badgers came back and won. So, which made me happy as a Wisconsin guy, but like you could see his immediate impact on the field. So he's another guy that teams might have a little more interested in than, than, than you think. Well, speaking of those D linemen, which Newton is, right? That's another that position that, look, the Jags have a lot of needs here, but interior defensive line, uh, defensive tackle, whether it be run stuffers or penetrators or a combination of the yeah. two, what what is this crop looking like this year? Uh, there's a mix of a little bit of everything. I wouldn't say it's a strong class overall, but look, you can find a run stuffer if you, you know, it, it would be interesting. Uh, if a guy like Devondre Sweat from Texas ends up falling into that middle of the middle of the second round, uh, and people look at him more like Austin Johnson, for example, coming out of Penn State, than like Jordan Davis. If that's the case, then Jacksonville could be in a pretty good spot to pick up a dude like that. And, and he might be 400 pounds right now. He didn't weigh himself at the at the Super Bowl because he's probably <laughs> tipping 400, but. But he moves extremely well for his size, and he may end up being a real bargain for somebody. So uh, you got guys like that. You you got guys throughout the the third round um, that could be fantastic bargains for them as well. And then the fourth, like Mason Smith, for example, from LSU, not the most productive guy, but he's six six three fifteen. He moves pretty well for his size. He's not going to rack up ten sacks or anything, but he's the kind of guy that you can plug in the middle of your defense. It's going to be a, a problem for interior linemen to handle. A lot of talk coming out of the Senior Bowl that Latou, the edge player coming out of UCLA, is the most pro-ready edge player in this draft. Do you agree with that? Uh, I mean, he's maybe the steadiest, and, and may, he's got a lot of uh, tools that you want. But the issue that I might see for him is that he had to leave the University of Washington with a neck injury. Team doctors wouldn't clear him to play and he went down to UCLA. They got doctors there to sign off on him. And I, I'm going to be real curious to see what his medical reports out of the combine um, are going to say. And I, I, he might be one of those guys that has like a top 12 value as a player, but ends up in the later part of the first round because of you know the medical concerns. Um, and we'll see what his overall athleticism turns out to be too. So, but I, I think he's a steady player. I think he's going to be a good player. I just think those are the kind of concerns that might drop a guy um, a little bit. But look, like that happens pretty much every year with an edge rusher from Greg Rousseau. Uh, you know, George Karloftis was should have mm-hmm. been drafted higher than he was. So, Latu might be that guy this year. But he's, he's, I expect he'll be a very good, very productive NFL player. All right, last one here, and it's not Jaguar related, uh, Chad. Um, if you're in charge of the Bears, is there any way you're moving out of that pick? I mean, how do you, strongly do you feel about Caleb Williams, or do you think it's more prudent this year to uh, move back a spot or two, uh, target another quarterback, and get a haul of draft picks for your troubles? 
No, I think you I think you picked Caleb Williams. I don't really think there's any question about that okay. this year. And I think I like what I saw from Justin Fields this year. Um, and I think they move on him. It, it, part of it is is money. If you can get a guy like Caleb Williams, who is very likely to be just as good as Fields, maybe not week one, but by the end of his rookie year. And so you get four years um, on a rookie contract on him, as opposed to one last year on Fields only picks up and that fifth year option. I think you trade Fields. Um, I project a trade like that in my mock draft. And you pick Caleb Williams and you move forward. And you are very happy to do so. I'm ready for uh, your you mock draft, move- man, by the way. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I like yeah. trades in my mock draft. So <laughs> how many, what are you doing? Four rounds next week? What, what's the. I, I got three weeks, three rounds. Three rounds. And, um, five or six trades. So All right. It'll be uh, very, very, I hope people enjoy it. Um, and uh, it's fun to put together. Bro, we always enjoy them, and we enjoy you coming on to discuss them and uh, many various ways the Jags might approach uh, improving their roster. So, as always, we appreciate your time. We invite folks to give you a follow on X, at Chad underscore writer. That's R-E-U-T-E-R, just like it sounds. Uh, Chad, all the best, man. You know we'll be calling you a bunch between now and late April, so uh, thanks for kicking off draft season with us. All right. Thanks, Mark. I appreciate it. Appreciate you, man. Chad Ryder, NFL dot com um it's interesting even if the jags are not in the jackson powers johnson conversation tony the trade up that he projects would indicate someone might think that's a possibility right to get into that range at 16 and that you know it sounds like chad might be on the not i wouldn't say the bulky plan i don't want to paint chad with that brush but you know he like fortner thought he'd develop into a good nfl center can the Jags afford to wait around if they've got the opportunity to draft what's clearly the best one in the class? I know some people would take him. Others would uh, maybe go for the guy from Duke or someone later. There are – look, again, you can only fill one spot, and yep. we are doing this now. We're I, I imagine when Chad's projection comes out, he's probably going to project the Jags with their first, second, and third round picks, right? Because we don't know. Yeah, you don't know which is going. Right. Yeah. One of those is going to Atlanta. Uh, and hopefully the Jags then will pick up a compensatory third and maybe about 20 picks later uh, for losing Jawan Taylor last year uh, if it, in fact, is the third that goes, and I think that's the most likely scenario. But so many of these things, and I, and I, I get it too. Like, if you're talking about wide receiver, you know, if you re-sign Ridley, what kind of re-signing are we talking about? Is right. it a four-year yeah. deal? Is it a, a short-term deal? Is it like a, a two three-year deal where it's really two where it's really two because the way it's structured and then maybe there's a little bit more urgency because Christian Kirk's not going to be on that deal forever you're going to have to redo him again or extend that out and um but if you do sign Ridley and you feel like he's going to be here for another three years then the need becomes somewhat lessened and maybe you do take a shot in the you know with that compensatory pick at the end Mm -hmm. of round three a lot of ways to do it we're just building the foundation of what the Jags might do uh, in this year's NFL draft. So we appreciate Chad Ryder stopping by from NFL.com. Uh, you can always go back and listen to all these. We post them in a variety of ways on the uh, 1010XL uh, replay section on 1010XL.com. You can go to YouTube. They're all out there for you if you ever miss anything. or Wait a minute. He said what exactly? Uh, you can go back and listen. You want to make your case for Freddie T for the Pro Football Hall of Fame? You're welcome to do that. We've got the... Other NFL honors being given out tonight. We'll take a look at some of the categories and who we think might win some of those awards as well as everything has been moved up on the calendar 
by the National Football League. Mike Dempsey, Tony Smith, and Dylan Denmark here with you. You're listening to Jaguars Today on 1010XL and 92.5 FM. Jaguars Today on 1010XL. Showing blitz now. There it comes. Now back to throw. Turns and dumps it. It's Fred all alone. He's at the 30. He's at the 25. He's at the 20. On his feet inside at the 15. There he goes to the 10. Fred's on his feet to the 5. Touchdown, Jacksonville. Where did this guy come from? You can't explain that. You cannot color commentate that. You can't play by play that. You can't tell somebody what I just saw. Holy smoke. All right, I'm going to disagree with that because we just heard all those things happen. But that's all right. Uh, Freddie Taylor, uh, it's Fred Taylor Day around these parts. It's hard to describe on a play-by-play, though, that he stopped in full motion twice and made four guys miss. Like, that play is – like, you're watching it happen. It's like, how? How? How do you do that to professional athletes, make them look that stupid? Right, but Fred did it several times. How do you do it at that Miami? size? Right. I mean, we see small guys do Holy that, and, and you know, put their foot in the ground and change direction real quick, and and you understand, use the guys' momentum against them. But some of the guys coming after Fred were Fred size, yeah, <laughs> you know, uh, and uh, make you look silly. Um, Freddie T, man, uh, plenty of highlights from a spectacular one day Hall of Fame career hopefully that day comes this year mm-hmm. right he won't get inducted tonight but he could get um announced voted in announced as uh, one of the newest Hall of Famers so uh, we'll be looking out for that uh, coming up Tony will take you around the National Football League but I uh, wanted to look uh, see if I can where did I leave my list of NFL honors mm-hmm. uh tonight uh, what's going on we've got obviously MVP most people think it's gonna go to Lamar Jackson yeah Tonight, and I don't see any reason to think that it won't go to Lamar Jackson tonight. Um, Purdy and McCaffrey, both finalists for the award. <clears throat> I don't think it's – I get it, you know. Um, uh, Brock Purdy, I think, is in some ways a product of that system, but he ex- executes it to an extremely high level. And without Brock Purdy, we saw last year, 49ers were just as good a team, just as good a roster in the postseason – and couldn't get over the hump, Tone, because they sure. didn't have a quarterback that could put it together for him. So, I don't think there's much doubt that Lamar Jackson's going to win this thing No, tonight. I think in, if they reveal the votes, you know, like first place votes, I imagine he gets well, a big majority of Most them. of them. Yeah. Right. I don't think it'll necessarily be unanimous. Uh, Dak Prescott could pull a vote or two. Yeah. I mean, keep in mind, this is a regular season award, right? McCaffrey could pull a vote or two. Sure. Uh, McCaffrey and Purdy probably hurt each other, both being – Considered as finalists, you know, uh, on the ballot. Um, I think McCaffrey versus Tyreek Hill is pretty good for Offensive Player of the Year. Yeah. You know, I think if Tyreek gets to 2,000 this year, he is the Offensive Player of the Year. Maybe, yeah. I think the full body of work of McCaffrey having about 300 yards more on the ground than any other back out there, I'm not going to be shocked if Hill wins it. In fact, I would have thought most of the season he would win it. I think McCaffrey might yeah, the pull last that off. month was slow, right? For Tyreek, it yeah. was, yeah, and, and that sticks in people's minds. But part of it is when do the votes go in? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know either. Yeah. Did they go in after, like, you know, with the Pro Bowl, they go in before the season's concluded? Yeah, which, you know, it is. What I imagine it is. with this kind of thing, you wait till after the year to. I would hope submit so. It. I would hope, but yeah, I, think I think that gives McCaffrey a better chance. Yeah, I if do that's think the case. CMC takes it home. You do think he'll get yeah. the offensive player of the year? Uh defensive. 
player of the year this year. Uh, your finalists are Deron Bland, who at one point we thought maybe that guy's a shoo-in. I think he, he, he set a record for pick sixes yes. this year. But is he, would you even consider him the best corner in football? He had a great year. There's mm-hmm. no question about it. Uh, T.J. Watt, Miles Garrett, Micah Parsons, Max Crosby, the other finalists for this one. I felt like this was kind of a Garrett award. Like, you know, it's one of those sometimes used to happen in the NBA, right? Like, at some point, this guy's got to get an MVP, mm-hmm. right? And, well, maybe it wasn't his best year, but it's, quote, his turn to do it. And mm-hmm. I almost felt that that is the case with Miles Garrett this season. Uh, I could be wrong about that. Uh, T.J. Watt did win it in 21 with 22 and a half sacks. Didn't put up quite that total this year. Uh, I'm going to say Miles Garrett pulls this one out. I'd probably lean towards T.J. Okay. Again, him being the sack leader in the league. But I, I think this is one of the few where I do think it's a there's a little suspense. <laughs> about who's actually going to win Defensive Player of the Year. I think the awards we've talked about to this point will go pretty easily in the direction we've we thought they would. Um, offensive Rookie of the Year, is it C.J. Stroud yeah. in a runaway? Yeah. I guess it will be because he's a quarterback. Yeah, Puka had a great year. Puka was amazing yeah. this year, right? I mean, but it is a quarterback, and he did throw 23 touchdowns against only five interceptions. Yes. And that's a huge thing. I mean, Puka... Uh, these other guys, thanks for showing up, right? I mean, L- Laporta was great. He was. He was fantastic. I would probably put Puka second over Laporta. Um, Gibbs and Bijan, they had good rookie seasons. but yeah. Well, and Puka, as much because early in the year when Cooper wasn't there, right? And this Carried is a, that team. a rookie on the field for the first time, and he was the man. Like, from the moment the season started, he was the man for the Rams in that passing game, and he could carry that burden all season long. It was remarkable what Puka Nakua did this year. But, you know, still, Stroud, yeah. as a quarterback, took a team that earned the second pick in the draft yep. the year before to the postseason, right? So, I I, I just think that's going to be it, and then you get ready for a whole offseason about how mm-hmm. C.J. Stroud has already surpassed Trevor Lawrence, right? And uh, I, that's the narrative it's coming. right yeah. now. Um, defensive Rookie of the Year, uh, I think it'll be Will Anderson Jr., right? Um, they Who's the next best candidate on here? Jalen Carter, a lot yeah. of people think. It's it's not a stat-driven position that he plays. No. Who else has a chance here? Joey Porter Jr., Kobe Turner of the Rams, their defensive tackle. And, and you know, um, Branch had a good year. Witherspoon had a really good year. Branch didn't make – the yeah. list of the five. He missed too many games, I yeah. think. He he played well, but he he missed a lot of time as well. I think Will Anderson Jr. will win this. And then you're looking at the offensive and defensive rookies of the year on your division rival. Probably coach of the year, too. Um, You would think, right? Yeah. D'Amico Ryans, that's the other big one up tonight. Uh, Dan Campbell, John Harbaugh, Kyle Shanahan, Kevin Stefanski. I, boy, you can make a really good case for Stefanski. No doubt. Down to his fourth quarterback. This year, at least Houston was playing with their chosen quarterback and they were playing the vision that was seen as one of the weakest in football. Mm-hmm. Right. And, you know, it probably was one of the weakest in football, quite frankly. Mm-hmm. And uh, the AFC North, arguably the best division in football this yeah. year. 
I would boy, it's tough. Um, people love Dan Campbell too. I might vote for Stefanski. I don't think he has much of a prayer to win the thing. Uh, what else? The assistant coach of the year. Uh, I don't know. Here are the here are the yeah. candidates though. Uh, Slowick, Ben Johnson, Mike McDonald, Todd Munkin, Jim Schwartz. I think it'll be Slowick or Johnson. Mm-hmm. Right? They were the, like the hot up and comers. Certainly, Mike McDonald and the Ravens. He led that defense, got a head coaching gig out of it. They were really good. Yep. I think Slowick, either Slowick working with C.J. Stroud or just the overall offensive brilliance that the Lions showed is going to lead to one of those two guys. Yep. I would imagine that's how it. Works out, yeah. Those are the major ones. Uh, oh, comeback player of the year. That's uh, so that's probably that's, Flacco or Hamlin. That's Hamlin. Yeah, and there's zero chance Hamlin doesn't win that award, right? I mean, you could like to me, it could, it could be Flacco, it could be Baker. I think Baker Mayfield is a great argument to win that award. Um, if I had a vote, my vote would go to Flacco, but I don't. Yeah, I think Hamlin wins this, and I wouldn't shock me if we find out that it's unanimous because you're not allowed to vote against the guy who died on the field. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, look, I, I, I have nothing against Demar Hamlin. It's remarkable. He yeah. did. It, it's remarkable that he came back to play. But to me, like comeback player, I guess it, it depends on how you want to vote for it. If you're a voter, I don't have any say in the matter. But it wouldn't be just that you're able to come back. It's that what did you do? Like to me, it's like here was what my performance was. Maybe I got hurt. And I came back just as strong or stronger. Demar Hamlin's like a role player, right? He's a guy that most people in the NFL or the casual fan didn't know his name prior to the incident that happened when Buffalo was playing Cincinnati. And I get yeah. it's great for him. I'm not against Demar Hamlin or anything like that. Yeah. I just like to me, it's about I would vote more in terms of your performance on the field. Yeah, he got honored at the NFL honors last year, right? That you know, he's still around. Right. You know, like it was incredible. You know, what had happened on the field, he was there, you know, like for a brief whatever at the NFL honors last year when they were doing that. You go and you look at what he actually did on the field this year. He had two tackles. Right. If it, Just by stepping on the field. Right. It's it's a miracle that he's sure. able to continue to play football. And look, I, I don't doubt that he's going to win that award tonight. I'm just if I had the vote, it would be Flacco for me. Yeah, I, I might, I might go Mayfield. Win it. Yeah, I might, but I think either one of those guys is more deserving based on how I would approach the award. Yeah, you know, again, I'm not trying to make this like, oh, damn that Demar Hamlin. Whatever, it's a great story. No, it's incredible. Glad you're alive. Yeah, you know what I mean. I don't want any of these guys to have any long lasting repercussions of anything that happens to them on a football field. That's not realistic. However, all right, let's come back. Let's go around the rest of the National Football. You got a new uh, fresh mock from today you want to take a look at for the Jags as well. If you want to make your case for Freddie T, you can do that on the air or on social media uh, to get it to the Hall of Fame. Three bullet point arguments for Fred Taylor. We did ours a little bit earlier on in the program. You're listening to Jaguars today. Keep it right here on 1010XL 92.5 FM. Everything you need to know about the Jags. Jaguars today on 1010XL. Handoff, Taylor running outside. He's got room 25, turns inside 20. On his feet, 15. Here he goes to the 5. Touchdown, Fred Taylor. Taylor's got it with room. Taylor's at the 15. Taylor's at the 10. Taylor goes to the 5. Touchdown, Fred Taylor. Here's a handoff to Fred. Running to the left, looking for room. He is into the end zone. Touchdown, Jacksonville. That's three touchdowns tonight for Taylor. Fred running to the left, cutting it back. He's at the 25. He's at the 20. Fred coming outside at the 15. Fred's at the 10. 5. Touchdown, Fred Taylor. His fourth touchdown of the night. 
So letting that music hit for a second. It was a little abrupt <laughs> right there. But uh, Freddie T, uh, you know, could have had five, could have had six, could have had 300 yards rushing. If He'll he tell hadn't you been that. hungover, yeah. right? <laughs> that's, that's the legend game right there. Fred goes for 234 on the road in Pittsburgh, highest total by an opposing player, and uh, said he went out partying too much that weekend before the game. And had he not, he felt not so great on Sunday. Had he not, he thought he would have set the NFL record that day. That is a, a big cell phone, but again, it's Fred's words. He's the one. He put this story out there years ago. We've talked to him about it on the air and, uh, you know, what might have been, but what was was pretty good. 234 and four touchdowns in their house or what is now referred to as uh, Duval North, I believe. <laughs> I mean, come on. How many times can you beat the same team in their house in the same season without taking the deed away from them? Um, I think the Jags clearly own that right now. Uh, so anyway, that's one of the that's probably the greatest single regular season game that Fred Taylor ever had statistically. Mm-hmm. may not be your favorite, but it was certainly among the greats. Uh, trying to give good vibes to Freddie T. We'll find out tonight whether or not he gets into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Um, apparently, and we don't do the speed trap stuff. People have been sending mm-hmm. us speed traps all day. Uh, they're all over 95, right? They're just yeah. everywhere. I saw so many people pulled over today uh, driving into work. So just, you know. Use caution. Be careful. Maybe, I don't know, go the speed limit is a thought or just slightly over that. Uh, Yeah. As far as that goes. Uh, Let's see. uh, Someone says Mayfield will win. Hamlin barely uh, played a snap. He was a healthy scratch most of the year. Don't disagree that that's true about DeMar Hamlin. I think that they're going to vote overwhelmingly for DeMar Hamlin for comeback player of the year. Regardless of this, this is, I agree with you. If you wrote Mayfield should win, I would agree with that. In its entirety. Yeah. I don't think Mayfield will win it tonight. In fact, I don't know, even know if he doesn't finish behind Tony's guy, Flacco. I think you're right, Tony. Yeah. I, I absolutely see it being uh, a Hamlin, Flacco, Mayfield, one, two, three finish. I'm looking at uh, Fred Taylor's stats against teams, right? Just wanted to take a look at what exactly he did against Pittsburgh over the course of his career, mm-hmm. right? Because he obviously had that magnificent day. Uh, the most yards he had against any team in his career was against Indianapolis. Not a surprise. Division rival played 14 games against the Colts, had 1,251 yards in those games. Played 19 games against the Titans, had 1,056 yards. That's his second highest total. But again, that's 14, 19 games. His third highest total against any team is Pittsburgh. Had 934 yards against the Steelers in 11 games. Mm. <laughs> right, it's like, getting it done. Uh, woo. It's getting it done pretty well right there. Um, you, you're not going to – rare are you ever going to average 100 yards against a team, so that that's pushing up against it yeah. right there. By the way, somebody asked uh, – don't forget fan of the year voting. Satchel Wetzel is the Jags representative uh, for the fan of the year. He's a Jaguar fan of the year. Mm-hmm. He won Jaguars today fantasy league number two this year. I feel like that's a higher honor, quite frankly, but it wasn't bestowed upon, and he took that. So good luck to Satchel out there, and I uh, hope he gives a shout-out to Jaguars today when he gives his acceptance speech. Oh, this is speech. fun. I'm looking at Fred Taylor. You can go to his pro football reference page, and you can order it in his career splits, mm-hmm. right, which is where I was looking to get the numbers against Steelers. If you just do yards per game, it ranks all the stats, right, in yards per game. So he averaged in one game against Green Bay, he had 165 yards, right, but he only got to play the one game against them. So the teams at the top of the list are going to be teams from the NFC. He doesn't play them a whole bunch. Right. Right, but he averaged 100 yards a game against both the NFL Central and the NFC South. Damn, 
<laughs> right? Like, it's crazy uh, that he did that. Now, those are in four and nine games, so he played the NFC South through twice and still averaged 102 yards a game against the South. Freddie T, man, uh, you're not going to hear an argument against him from me. I, again, I don't think he gets in today, but holding out hope uh, to be sure. All right, uh, let's take you around the rest of the National Football League. Now, Gems Around the NFL, brought to you by Beaches Jewelry and Pawn in Jack's Beach. And one more interesting note, over 100 yards a game that he got to play in a dome throughout his entire career. Just a little nugget right there for Fred Taylor. Kansas City has activated wide receiver Sky Moore off of their injured reserve list. Chiefs cornerback Legereus Sneed missed practice earlier this week to be there for the berth of his daughter. George Kittle on the other side was limited in practice on Wednesday, but he is expected to be able to go on Sunday. The Las Vegas Raiders are hiring Mike Caldwell, who has worked the last two years as the defensive coordinator here in Jacksonville. He will be their linebackers coach and run game coordinator and Pittsburgh Steelers owner and team president Art Rooney II was asked by KDKA-TV about the possibility of the Steelers trading for a veteran quarterback this offseason. Rooney said, quote, as we sit here in early February, we're not closing the door on anything. We have a lot of evaluations to go through. We'll go through all of the options and do what we need to do to be better this coming season. Head coach Mike Tomlin two weeks ago when asked that the starting quarterback for 2024 was currently on the roster, he responded with a quick yes. So at least the options being left open for the Steelers here as they get into their offseason. Yeah, uh, uh, you know, as a fantasy manager, give me Mason Rudolph. Because uh, yeah. George Pickens, they remembered he was on the team yeah. that year. Uh, George Pickens, who um, had that one catch against the Jags, was for a touchdown. Mm -hmm. Good good for him. Nice short little touchdown that he had. <laughs> uh, you know, I mentioned one guy wins at Jaguars Today Fantasy League, and look what happens. Fan cam calls up here at 641-1010. I think it's coincidental, honestly. Uh, cam, good morning. How are you? Good morning. No complaints from this end on the elevation of Freddie T, the most exciting football player I've ever had the privilege to watch um, in about 60, 57 years of watching football. So I'm hoping for him tonight, and I just wanted to chime in with a little karma for Fred to uh, to get him over the hump tonight. Now, let's hope he gets in. You sure? I, I just got frantic texts from, uh, from Meathead. You sure Satch didn't come in second in that league? Was that – oh, was that – he he lost to you guys. Is that what it was? I I said Pog, I said, didn't he win one of our leagues? And I think you beat me in the semifinal. No, he's talking about Satchel. Yeah, Satchel. Oh, I don't know. Yeah. And so I, Pockets I, I think... looked it up for me. Pockets, who won that league? Let me look right here. Oh, right. here we go. The, Come on. The steamroller known JD, as the Longboards. Longboards won. They beat. They beat. Yeah. They beat. Oh, wait, did did you not just tell me? Satchel Wetzel won <laughs> Jaguars Today League number two. Yeah, my bad. They were All the right. one seed they lost in the championship. <sighs> yeah, we we squeaked it out by about 47 in that one, I think. All so right, so then he will win bad of the board, year. Yeah, man, that was terrible on J-Pock's part. But bad on my part for trusting him, fan cam, honestly. But, Artistic uh, license, Mike. I guess. All right, thank you, brother. Have a good day. There he goes. <laughs> uh, you know, that's what it was. Honestly, mm -hmm. Fan cam was already on hold before that that came up, and I couldn't remember. Look, it wasn't me, so I don't remember everybody <laughs> exactly. I remember mm -hmm. he advanced far. Fan cam took you out in the semis. I yes. think Satchel took me out in the semis mm -hmm. is what it might have been. And then uh, the the longboards, not to forget Tom McManus's yeah. co-managing 
that yeah. squad um, took down Wetzel. All right. I'm having too much fun looking at this Fred Taylor stuff. Right, well, like the your, dome thing. Save but this, your thoughts on him. And this we'll... one is just—it's kind of just a funny one. Okay, his lowest career yardage total against a team in his career. Jaguars. He played one game against Jacksonville, had 35 yards in that game. That's his lowest yeah. total of his career against an opponent. Well, who did he? Was he with New, New England? England. Yeah. yeah, they played one game against the Jags while he was up there, and he played the game. Got 11 carries for 35 yards. Shut you down, Freddie. <laughs> Shut you down. That's going to be held against you. Uh, look, the voting's already done. Yeah. Right? The voting's already in the – they're just going to announce things yeah. tonight. So A's in that barn, whatever it happens to be. Right. And uh, you know what? If not this year, hopefully in a year coming up very, very soon. All right. Uh, we've got final uh, segment to go here on – Jaguars today, we'll look at uh, some of the bullet point arguments for Fred Taylor that people are making to try mm -hmm. to get him in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Still time for you to get in at 641-1010. This is Jaguars today. Mike Dempsey and Tony Smith. I'm not going to mention the other guy uh, who <laughs> totally steered me wrong. My Oops. bad. My bad for not remembering pockets, but doubly my bad for not uh, for trusting you, I guess, is, is how it should go down right there. Hey, Thank you, fan cam. It'd be your own people, man. <sighs> It is. I don't know what you're talking about, but I'll move on. Apparently, I also got told I'm a boomer anyway uh, because young people just refer to old people like me as boomers. It doesn't matter if you're actually a boomer. Okay. So that's that's fine. Those young people are wrong, but uh, that's how language works, man. It's like the word literally. Literally has come to mean oh the exact opposite yes. of what it means yes. by a lot of people, and that's an acceptable uh, way of – using the word to some. All right, uh, we'll take our final time out here. Come back. Some more thoughts on Freddie T and the Jags in general as we close up shop for this Thursday. Don't forget, Tom McManus in tomorrow right here with us on Jaguars Today on 1010XL 92.5 FM. Jaguars Today on 1010XL. Hand off, here comes Fred, looking up the middle, now cutting back, there he goes, Fred's at the 40, Fred breaks a tackle, he's on the run at the 50, Fred's on the go, he's at the 30, Fred 20, Fred 10, he's into the end zone, touchdown Jacksonville, wow, 70 yards for Fred Taylor. Now hands off, Taylor running left, cuts it back, he's got a hold, there he is, 30, Taylor outside, 40, there he goes to the 45, 50, it's a foot race, 40, Taylor 30, Taylor to the 20, he's to the 10, he's pulled down, but he gets into the end zone, touchdown in the first play of the game, 77 yards, Fred Taylor erupts. Fred Taylor hit the back, of spins out, now runs to the right, he's free at the 30, 25, Taylor's the 20, there he goes, 15, 10, 5, Fred Taylor, touchdown, touchdown, touchdown! Feel like Captain America. I could do this all day. Okay, all day we could go deep with the Freddie spectacular highlights. Good luck, Fred Taylor, uh, when it's announced tonight who the inductees will be for the 2024 class of the Pro Football Hall of Fame, and uh, we'll find out tonight. Uh, and if it's not tonight, I'm sure it'll be sometime in the future. But I don't want this thing to drag out for years and years yeah. and years. I would love to have Baselli and Freddie T as a pair of Jaguar Hall of Famers and then we can, you know, real focus on Jimmy. Real focus on Jimmy. Yeah. Not that look, you can it's not like we can't multitask, but yeah. Jimmy hasn't gotten to this point, you know, and there are a lot of receivers with a lot bigger numbers. I think Fred stands out much more against the rushing uh crowd than Jimmy does against the receiving crowd. That's not to say Jimmy was not and is not deserving. Mm -hmm. I think he is just based on the numbers, but uh, we'll see. It's not his time 
right now. Um, we had Chad Ryder on earlier taking a look at some draft stuff. I keep seeing Brock Bowers, Tony, almost make it to the Jags in mock drafts. I don't mm-hmm. know if that's good or bad, honestly, because you know they have so many needs, and it would be a luxury pick for a team that yeah. – as Evan Ingram. We talked about it early in the week. I know. Like, I would be so torn. I know. if they Because the big part of me would be going, what are you thinking? If Tight they took end. him. Yeah. Right? Like, but wh- the other part would be like, damn, that, that Gronk Hernandez thing was pretty good. That I would have no doubts and all, like, virtually no doubts that he's the best player available to right. him. Right. Like, if he's still there when they're picking at 17, but there would be that tight end. Tight end. Look at it. This one at CBS has him going 16th to Seattle. Mm-hmm. Prospect ranking fourth overall. Yeah. That's overall. Yeah. over Out of every player in the draft, um, position ranked number one. Obviously, this is interesting. Uh, they have J.C. Latham out of Alabama. This is from Chris Trapasso, who does mm-hmm. a solid job, I think. Um, said, uh, going to the Jags, uh, Latham would be a prudent selection for a Jaguars team that needs to get the most out of Trevor Lawrence. Very similar to kind of what we're talking about there with Chad Ryder. Will they draft a tackle, move on from Cam Robinson, and either ha- install the rookie at left or right tackle? Uh, Latham is 6'6", 360. So he's going to lean on somebody in the run game, Tone. Is yeah. he ready as an NFL-ready pass protector? I don't know. I'm not sure. I'm not an evaluator of offensive linemen, but I don't hate that idea uh, in the middle of the first no, round. not at all. Protect Trevor Lawrence. At all costs. Let's get a call in here uh, before we get back to our conversation. We'll get to some of your bullet point arguments for Freddie T. If you want to make one on the air, you're welcome to. We'll keep it to 30 seconds. We'll run the clock on you. Harry in Mandarin apparently does. Good morning, Harry. How are you? Joy, you guys listen to you every day. Explosiveness. All right, hold on, hold on, hold on. Well, Harry, let, let's put you on the clock first, all right? And and you can start right there with explosiveness, just so we're limiting everybody to 30. I'm probably talking more than it would have taken you to make your case. Hi, Mike, that's all right. That's all right. You know how I am, Harry. I never <laughs> shut the hell up. No, I listen to you every day. Well, I appreciate that. <laughs> all right. Here, uh, okay, Mike, you guys are great. Thank you, Harry. Here's the countdown. You can start your argument for Freddie T in three, two, one. Explosiveness. And 4.6 speed, he's got it all. Let's get him in. There you go. Explosiveness, speed, 4.6 yards per carry. Uh, Harry, I I don't have a great feeling about his chances, but uh, I'm with you. Let's get him in. I don't – it's just this thing with Jacksonville crap. And I've said it for all these years, even when Baselli was was in the running. It took him a long time. I – it, I just—it's just the way I feel. I see everything every. I watch every every day. Well, Harry, we appreciate you listening. Thanks for uh, checking in uh, on, and giving some good vibes for Freddie. Wrong. Yeah. A- absolutely, brother. Hey, look, I do think if Baselli played uh, a full, you know, another seven years healthy in Jacksonville, he would have been. First he would have overcome the Jacksonville stigma. Yeah. I think Fred's stigma is the Pro Bowls, and part of that people attribute to playing in Jacksonville. And, again, this is not a Freddie shot at all. I think if you've heard anything we've said, and you know how we feel about Fred Taylor, uh, but if you go back year by year and look at the years he didn't make the Pro Bowl and just look at the running backs that were doing some of the things that they were yeah. doing in that era tone. And, you know, Sean Alexander and Priest Holmes and Jamal Lewis and Edger and James. And, and there was only one year that I came up with where I felt like, man, that is there's a no-doubt slight this mm-hmm. year. But the rest of them, it's like, man, I, I want Freddie in there, but I can understand why you'd put these guys on at least equal footing with him in that given 
season. Cumulatively, it's got a great argument uh, overall. Harry, thank you for the call. Let's get Bruce in here, and then we'll uh, get to some of your social media responses on this today. Good morning, Bruce. What's up? Right. I had a quick question for you guys regarding the draft. Okay. Do you think that Beathard is good enough that we could get a second or third round, maybe a fourth for him? Not a chance. No, not not a chance. No, I, I really don't. Um, and, and then obviously you'd have to replace him. You know what did Gardner Minshew draw for the Jags? Like a sixth tone? Yeah. Was it a sixth? I believe so. Yeah. Um, I I think I don't even know if Bethard would get you that. Quite frankly, you know he's a backup. Um, you know if if I thought I could get a mid round pick for C.J. Bethard, I'd do it in a heartbeat. Oh, they. Without a doubt. For a guy that you're not going to play, right? And then let's go out there and, and find another veteran quarterback to cover. Let's go get Flacco in here, right? I mean, there, there's there's plenty of guys out there. Yeah. Because the reality is, and CJ came in and won the one start that he had this year, and that's great. But yeah. the reality is that guy's not going to carry you for an extended period of time. Yeah, Minshew for a sixth-round pick, 197 overall. They used that pick on Greg Jr. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I don't think Beathard would even get you that, no. honestly. Um, so, I appreciate the question, though, but, uh, you know, I'm with you. If you if you can, if there's that one out there, let's do it. Let's find them, Tone. All right, here's some uh, bullet point arguments for Freddie T. From yeah. Scott, 15th in all-time rushing yards, uh, tied for 5th in yards per carry. I don't think that's right. Tied for, not tied for 5th in yards per carry. Maybe no. over a certain amount of care if if I you're talking about a certain amount of yards yeah i was looking attempts. at it um among the players with 2000 rushing I mean, attempts 2, i think he'd be 2500 right something if like you, that if you up it to 2500 he's fourth he's overall he's like 35th or something like that Somewhere right but but there are a yeah. lot of those guys that have played much fewer yeah. so I'll, if you put the number at 2500 then the only guys ahead of him are jim brown barry sanders adrian peterson sure yeah. right but that you know, that's twenty five hundred's a bunch. You gotta bump it up there. Right. Uh 12th in yards per game. Uh let's see. Um this one says likely could play any position in any era at any level of football. I don't know about that. Um it's Fred Taylor. Okay. Uh mm-hmm. let's see. Um one of only three guys to average over four point six yards per carry. Again, based With on certain thresholds. Parameters. Right. Yes. Um Ask guys who we played against who are Hall of Famers how good he was. No question about that. Uh, let's see. Watch the games. Got that a lot. Uh, Jim Brown's favorite running back. We made that point ourselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, proved who he was his first snap in the NFL. Wasn't his first snap. It was his third game. Uh, it was his eighth carry. But we know what you're talking about. That first snap when James Stewart went down. We played that highlight earlier. Uh, the 16 rushers with the most yards in front of him that are eligible are in the Hall of Fame. Among those ones who are eligible, they're all in the Hall. Absolutely. Yes. Uh, production, the other two will be. Yeah, production, longevity. Look at the jump cut. Uh, the 234-yard game against Pittsburgh. Longest run in playoff history. On and on and on it goes. And uh, a lot of people go vision, speed, power. However you want to look at it, uh, we've got a lot of great arguments for Freddie T. We know the arguments are strong. We know he's deserving. Doesn't mean he'll get in this time around, but I absolutely I hope I'm wrong about that. All right, let's welcome in XL Primetime. Now, the two-minute drill brought to you by Tire Outlet. Tire Outlet is now hiring. Visit tireoutlet.com slash careers, equal opportunity employer. All right, hello, Matt Hayes. How are you? Morning, fellas. What's up? What's your best argument, single argument for Freddie T, Hall of Fame? First off, I love Tony's right there. Backs with at least 2,500 carries. He's fourth overall. And yards per carry. Yards per carry, Yeah. yeah, that's... That yard, that four point six is 
definitely, I think, his calling card and the highlight reel runs. But to be fair to Fred, like Fred suffers in the touchdown department. If Tom Coughlin hadn't pulled him at the goal line so much, that 4.6 isn't 4.6 either, right? If he's getting a lot of one-yard rushes or another, you know, that that would probably be more like a 4.4, something like that. So there, there's a plus and a minus uh, to that as well. He'd but. also have more touchdowns. He would, no, right. Yeah. But at the, that's what I'm saying. The expense of getting more touchdowns would result in a right. lower yards per carry average, and that's just how it is. And, uh you know, uh, we all think around these parts, Freddie T is very deserving, obviously. So. Yeah, I think if the if if the team that everyone thought should have won the Super Bowl had won the Super Bowl, he's in. Right. Right. He would have had to get which there first. Like, which is which is ridiculous. Uh, that's if you think about how it. the game's played, though. Yeah, but it's. I, I hey, look. Whether you, you know, whether you want it yourself or not, when they look at your resume, they're like, all right, X, you know, X amount of. Super Bowl titles, X amount of Pro Bowls, whether you got voted in on name at a certain point, you know, it's just, it all counts. And uh, at least in the voters' minds, it does. So, what are you guys getting into today? We'll get into a lot of that. Jags, obviously. We'll talk a little college football. National Signing Day was yesterday. Uh, we'll talk football, man, all the time. Breaking down Bogdan Bogdanovich going to the Knicks. Yes. Trade deadline, 3 o'clock, baby. Fired up. About <laughs> it's our guy. I am too. Need some points off the bench. So. There you have it. All right, uh, Matt, have a good show I guess. for the next three hours. You're lucky we stick to the Jags and a little bit of the rest mm-hmm. of the NFL. Yeah. You don't want to hear me talk about the Knicks and the trade deadline. You get that from Hicken. Are you kidding me? Yeah. The Mayo Man this morning. I ain't going to let anybody slather me in Mayo either. <laughs> um, so how long did Hick win 11 miles yesterday, and what, what was the final tally in terms of time? Three and a half hours. Three and a half. Left his house at 5.30, got here at 9. Yeah, I did six yesterday. Now, you're not going to do the second five or six in the same pace necessarily. So I think I could, I can absolutely keep that pace uh, with Hick there. The most the impressive thing to me was he's wearing shorts at 6 in the morning yesterday. Mm-hmm. It was now, cold. It was a little, a little chilly, I'll, I'll tell you. I don't mind bundling up when I go out there. All right, uh, that will do it for us today. Tommy Mack going to join us tomorrow on the program as Mm -hmm. we'll look back whether or not Fred Taylor got in. We'll look ahead to Super Bowl 58, all things Jags related from the week as well. With Tom, thanks to Chad Ryder from NFL.com for stopping by, for Tony Smith and Dylan Denmark. Uh, We appreciate those guys, obviously, but all of you out there listening, we appreciate you absolutely the most. However you consume the program uh, through the radio dial primarily, uh, YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, you name it, uh, the the text line with your responses. We appreciate all that stuff out there. So thanks for listening to Jaguars today. We'll wrap up our week tomorrow. I'm Mike Dempsey. For all the aforementioned, stick around for XL Primetime for the next two hours on 1010XL and 92.5 FM.